and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit. Podcasts are two authors and writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as I'm Gonna Podcast and Difficulty Class. And with me each week are two amazing people who are. I'm Erin A. Evans. I write fantasy novels. I'm best known for Empire of Exiles and the Brimstone Angel Saga. Yeah. I'm B. Day Walters. I say words about things. Uh, I am Aaron's uh, stunt double um, in uh, General Mischief Maker. And um, <laughs> someone's business. Writer part. of words, teller of tales. Yep. I, I, I want to know because we, we, we haven't called up before. Aaron, I do like that you, you've now swapped it so that Empire of Exiles comes first. I like Thank that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, that, 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 that is good. A little <laughs> aspirational because it's only been out for a couple months versus Brimstone Angels. God. A lot of time to be fair hundreds of people years? hundreds that listen to the show i'm i'm <laughs> the dozens uh, no, and no dozens you for, of our fans yeah mm-hmm. no no you for uh empire of exile so you know got that yeah you gotta I live in the like, now man i should i should i saw someone say like well now i have to go read her tiefling books because they read empire of exile so i was like oh i should actually be like you can buy these they are still available out there ebook and audiobook yeah um <laughs> Or, you know, if you're really, like, going on eBay and spending $80 for a paperback, you do you. <laughs> or, you know, just I check your bookstore every time. <laughs> like yeah, I was do. about to say, like, that, I, I don't know any of that, that eBay revenue rolls, in, rolls no, back to no the house bit. there. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Not the penny. But anyway. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, it is a relaxed night. I have a cut water mango margarita, and we thought hey. it would be uh, good to have a, a, a tangent episode. It, <laughs> We haven't we actually done these for a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what time is anymore. Wait, well, it's, is it a tangent episode if we're doing your reader questions, or is that a separate thing? Well, no, I, no. I, 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 the taxonomy of writing about dragons shit episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I do have a, a, a starter question to to kind of kick us off, and mm-hmm. it's one that you know we uh, didn't think we'd get an hour of, and honestly, kind of agree. Uh, which is antiheroes. Uh-huh. What What do y'all think about antiheroes? You know, there was a, a moment in time there, and the ship's kind of turning back now, that it was like good guys and bad guys were seen as cliche and stupid, and so mm-hmm. everybody was kind of like morally gray and ambiguous. Like a great like, Jedi? That is a lie and a myth. <laughs> we'll I touch reject back on that one. We'll the great touch back Jedi on that one. heresy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the great Jedi is just fucking edge lords that are like, <laughs> I want to walk the path of order. Listen, but you don't need to call out my out high school hands. fan fiction that hard, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. 100% of those kids drew pictures in ink pen. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, um, uh, but, but what's interesting is, because I've seen some of the demographic info in the younger generations, uh, like like Gen Z in, in younger, hate anti-heroes really hate morally gray want very very clear like it's damn near want the man in the black hat and the man in the white hat um is is the shift and i think what what's happening is um i'm like these kids they're in their 20s uh (laughs) (laughs) but uh i I get the world the world the the two youths um (laughs) the world has been twisty enough in these kids lifetime you know yeah. like post 9 11 the like yeah. like reality is ambiguous and morally gray so they're like in our fiction can we just know who to punch in the face please yeah um just to I mean, clarify here I, I i will just say that you know i think there's always going to be a place for the scoundrel han solo's a scoundrel yeah that's mm-hmm. um 
the reason why he shoots Greedo under the table is he's the type of person who will shoot you under the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the world needs a Deadpool. But I, but I would I would say the art form is perfected in Deadpool. Yeah. Arguably mm-hmm. the Punisher. Um, the, the person who theoretically does the, the right thing using the wrong methods, but... I don't know if I've asked you this one. We, I mean, we may have talked about this on Champions Lore. This, this, this is going to pull on a D&D thing here, but fuck it, whatever. What do you see Deadpool's, or not Deadpool, uh, the Punisher's alignment as? Lawful neutral. Okay. See, <laughs> I, I put him at lawful evil. And, uh, you can make a very good argument for lawful evil. Yeah. The only reason I didn't say lawful evil is lawful evil is actually the most evil. Like people think chaotic evil is the most <laughs> evil. Lawful evil is the most evil. They'll kill you in, because it was on their schedule. Right. In, in, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Right. Because to, now's the time when someone dies. Sorry, it's so, two p.m. So right. It's two p.m. and you're here, Sue. Uh, but you know, I've made the argument many times that the spectrum from good to evil is self is selflessness to selfishness. Yeah, and I don't think the Punisher's selfish, so that's 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 the only reason. Okay. Uh, I would say lawful neutral, but you can make quite an argument for lawful evil. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. So what what is um. What what makes an anti-hero though? Like like what is it that is it, is it just like because like in the Star Wars reference, it's like I'm a Jedi, but I shoot lightning out of my okay. fingers. So, <laughs> this is I think kind of one of the issues with talking about anti-heroes is that there's really kind of a lot of ways this gets defined. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it is just a hero that lacks traditional heroic qualities. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot mm-hmm. of things. Um, you know, I, I actually, I was curious, I pulled up what's, you know, what kind of characters come up as, um, anti-heroes, um, and I pulled up the Wikipedia. And so some of these are things like, you know, Huckleberry Finn has been called the first anti-hero in the American nursery, because that's not traditional heroic character. Hmm. That's kind of feels like a stretch from other things where, you know, you have like, uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. This is a kind of a different cut of a cloth, right? Like I, characters that would otherwise be a villain, but you're being put in a narrative where you are following them and sympathizing with them. I would say Those you're just following different. the villain in that one. I, I, I was about to say, but I also, the protagonist. I was right? about to say, but protagonist and hero are not interchangeable, and I think exactly. that's a misunderstanding so of that. So if you're the yeah. if your protagonist is not heroic, are they not? theoretically an anti-hero for some people yeah that's the definition if the main character is not real likable in fact is kind of despicable but you're following them anyway and that's where i kind of am just like at some point i'm like i don't care about this (laughs) yeah Um, which isn't very intellectually curious and i recognize that i'm not proud of it but i have to admit when we talk about anti-heroes uh most of the people i have talked about anti-heroes with i'm with b dave it's like it's how you you fancy up edgelord yeah yeah you know i, I mean because you, you think about yeah I, I mentioned the the man in black and the man in white but you know we we went through a period of time where well now the man in black's the good guy oh what you know <laughs> i mean i think it's kind of like the difference between like captain america and the winter soldier to use a slightly more you know pressing uh or or, or timely uh illusion because i was about to be like richard the third is not an anti-hero he's just the villain but the story's <laughs> about him right? um this- I will say this, like just as a, a list of uh, on this literature list for Wikipedia, which, you know, your mileage may vary. However, a lot of editors come in here and put their fingers on this. So you have to assume it's been willowed out. So so these are listed in the publication order. And so several of these are Shakespearean. And so some of Shakespeare's uh, antiheroes, according to this, are Shylock, 
Prince Hamlet, Othello, and Lady Macbeth. So here's my thing. Like, we're dealing with something that is very weirdly defined. Yeah. Right? We, you, you, you know, it says uh, imperfections that separate them from typically heroic characters, selfishness, cynicism, ignorance, bigotry, a lack of positive qualities such as courage, physical prowess, and fortitude, and generally feel helpless in a world over which they have no control. Qualities considered dark traits, usually belonging to villains, immorality, greed, violent tendencies that may be tempered with more human identifiable traits that blur the moral lines between the protagonist and the antagonist. Those are very different things. Well, like, is... we're trying to categorize something that's basically not this thing over here, which I, honestly, I, fewer and fewer things are really this thing over here. I dearly love Othello, but again, Othello is a villain. Othello and Macbeth are the same, where it's a dude and somebody was like, hey, um, you could kill a bunch of people and your life would be better. And it's like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, like, and, and can I just point out on this list, it's not Macbeth, it's Lady Macbeth. Lady yeah, Macbeth is an anti-hero. Well, Lady Macbeth is like, she's the she, one that's like, bro, you should villain. super kill a lot of people. Yeah, it, I mean, just because she flips out and commits suicide, does it, that's not a redeeming <laughs> yeah, quality. Because at the last minute, she's like, oh, wait, we fucked up bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, we were wrong. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, again, you know, on this spectrum of selfishness to selflessness, I think you could make the debate about Hamlet, and you could call him an antihero because he's kind of a whiny bitch about a lot of it. <laughs> but also, you know, the ghost of your father showing up to be like, I super got murdered, bro. I mean, like most of us- Do have... something about it. Yeah, like we 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 might hesitate a bit also, you know? <laughs> Um, he is the melancholy dame. He's the Dane, the first, the first e-boy, you know, emo yes. kid. Um, I think that's I mean, sort of where this all gets kind of complex because the entire idea is that a hero is a certain thing. They are good and they are just and they are moral and they are an exemplar of all these attributes that we value. And so if you are not that, you are then in this other category, but this other category is so big. And how many stories do you actually see in the modern age that are like, this is the shining paragon of virtue and that is the hero. We like our stories with more human characters. Mm -hmm. And even when they are the character that is going to do the right thing, and we like knowing this is the character that does the right thing, and this character does the does not do the right thing. And so I know who to root for. Like there's more depth to them because that's the kind of stories we tell, right? We're not dealing with the very like, you know, we're not looking at like like instructional tales for children. I would tell you one of the greatest antiheroes I've ever seen is, is surfing the airwaves at this very moment, which is Luthen Rao and Andor. Mm. I mean, to a lesser extent, Andor himself, but Rao especially. That whole, like, I, I, I made my mind a sunless space, that whole speech, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I won't spoil the show because it's still fairly near, but I mean, yeah. he he's doing terrible things for... A, a, a noble purpose into into a noble end in doing it in a selfless way yeah um yeah so that's that's the, yeah i i looked up examples of anti-heroes and one of them put hannibal lecter in silence of the lambs and i'm like i know he's a murder expert yeah he eats a dude's face like he wears a dude's face at the end of the movie like <laughs> so why do we do we, i mean i guess you could say villain protagonist like when it's yeah, like you're gonna yeah. follow someone and they are not a well, hero in a sense well the, the, another one on here is walter white i actually didn't watch breaking bad because i couldn't stomach it like mm -hmm. i i was i i tried starting to watch it i'm just like this is just the villain like this is the, he's the villain like that's a, the yeah. like I, I get the reasons for it and everything like that but this dude is a bad dude and i don't want to watch that 
Well, I, I also ne never got into to Breaking Bad. But, I mean, again, I think a lot of times people don't understand that all protagonist means is main character. Like, yeah. they, they, they yeah. take that it's, to mean... Yeah, it's a character <laughs> whose actions drive the story, Yeah, right? So you can have a protagonist who is not heroic. You can have a protagonist who's, yeah, downright dis despicable, as long as they're the ones moving the story along. Yeah. But I do um, think there's a question like, what happens if you have a story and you don't want the protagonist to succeed? Like, I feel like even when you have a villain protagonist, the story is crafted in such a way that you're like, mm, kind of want to see what happens. <laughs> well, but I mean, but there's tra <clears throat> there's tragedies. Yeah. Right. Although theoretically, tragedy should be a cautionary tale. And yeah. you should it's, be sad yeah. about it. Like, if I'm yeah. like, God, I just want to see this guy get, you know, get his just desserts like yeah. that. I can't. I mean, there maybe that exists. I can't think of an example of something where I was reading along, watching for the utter destruction of the protagonist. I've hate read a few things like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't. Was that the yeah. author's intent? No, right? absolutely. Because there's not. definitely things where you're like, I fucking hate this character, and I just want just just you know what I would love if they got hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's not. That's page three twenty one. Hit by a bus in the novel. <laughs> well, it, it's it's because you need a certain amount of emotional investment to even want to take the journey. Right. Uh, to 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 give you the time of my life and attention, be it the time it takes to watch this show or movie or read this book. Like I've just got to give a damn. Yeah. Um. And and you can you can be terrible, which you know again, Arthas Manethel, shout out to the homie. Uh, <laughs> in his story, I mean, he's doing terrible things the entire time, but you're you're empathetic of his descent yeah. because yeah. you know that you know that he meant well. You're if like, he turn, just shows turn, up and it's turn, like, turn. yeah, if he just shows up and is a cackling madman, you're like, I mean, okay, I guess <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't. I find I don't really. I don't really write anti-heroes. I write vigilantes. Mm -hmm. I, I write vigilantes, you know, someone who is doing the moral thing in an unjust and immoral society. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, um, I find, I, I, don't, I don't really do the, the, the edgelord thing too much. And there's, a, there's something that I have to look up because I always forget. I forget it every time I try and say it. So hmm. you guys talk amongst yourselves while I look up a thing so I don't say it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I, yeah. Again, I this topic is not one I'm good at because well, I'm like I don't think I write antiheroes, but also I don't understand where the lines are for antiheroes as demonstrated. Yeah. Could you argue Farida is an antihero because she's using the powers of the hells, but she's like relentlessly good, right? Like she's the kind of like whatever the opposite of an edgelord is, the inverse of an edgelord. <laughs> I don't know. Like Blood like. Lord? wait <laughs> okay all right so this this is um all right so this 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 is what i think i'm after here where it's um is malcolm gladwell in mm. uh where he described uh not just a western but a northern and eastern and a southern and a Western takes place in a world in which there is no law and order and a man shows up and imposes personally law and order on the territory and the community. Mm -hmm. And Eastern is a story where there is law and order, so there are institutions of justice, but they've been subverted by people from within. In a Northern, law and order exists and law and order is morally righteous, the system works. A prime example of this is law and order. A Southern is where the entire apparatus is corrupt and where the reformer is not an insider, but an outsider. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, 
and then he gives some examples of those things. But that I'd, I'd never, I've never heard it framed that way, which was in, uh, but yeah. So he have examples of 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 the eastern and the southern. He he said every John Grisham novel is a southern. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. Uh, I want to say cause I read this some time ago. Um, I believe he he used a lot of the BBC crime dramas or Easterns mm. because there is Law and Order, but there's but it's subverted by people from within. It's internally yeah, corrupt because yeah. it's gotten too big and too old. Mm. Yeah, but there's still good people trying Luther. to work to turn it around, like Luther, yeah. exactly. Versus, um, uh, in, in a Southern, the solution can only come from outside. So I think uh, all of that is to say, <laughs> my brain went so stupid on that one. I was just like, <laughs> "What was the the fucking show where they had the the Trans Am? <laughs> the uh, uh, oh, the Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, because it was well, Southern, that, and, it came, Mustang, and they were outside yeah. the police. Uh <laughs> no, what? Uh, no, uh, oh man, I'm about to say the General Lee was a Charger. A Charger. I'm like, oh, I, I should know this. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me tell you something. Uh, I was so, I felt so deeply betrayed. There was two times in my life, again, that I was like, my life is a lie. The first, when I found out that He-Man and Transformers were toy commercials first. Oh, I knew, yeah. I knew they were toy commercials, but I never know they were expressly conceived. When, when you find out about mm -hmm. the, the, like, the yeah. lawsuit that happened before it that opened up the, oh yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as toy commercials. And the second thing, is how fucking racist the general oh, yeah. Lee is because I yeah. grew up loving the Dukes of Hazard. I remember seeing it as a kid. On the side, and like, the, I went, I went years without seeing it, and then that movie came out, the updated yeah. one, and I saw yeah. the roof, and I went, "Was that always there?" <laughs> I'm here to tell you, yeah, but, uh, uh, uh -huh. Anywho, this was. What, when, so I, I I looked up like a, a list of another list of them and it really is spread like it's it's there's a lot bigger spread on this than I thought there was because there's ones on here that I totally agree with or it's like yeah it's got Deadpool on there but it has Mad Max okay yep that checks out yep. uh Leon the professional checks yep. out yep. um because he, he does terrible stuff yeah uh, oh, uh but sorry, then it's also sorry serpico is an eastern by the way serpico is an eastern okay. I, I was I, I looked up somebody talking about it but i had to like find his uh in law and order is a northern all the john grisham novels are southern and in the western there is no system in a northern there's a system and it's fantastic in eastern the system is reformed from within the southern the system has to be reformed from outside uh sherlock holmes is a northern again like i'm saying the british mm. british stuff um okay sorry i'm done that's really this. interesting Mm -hmm. uh, but but then also on the same list they have Tony Montana from uh, Scarface, Mark Zuckerberg in the Social Network. No and no, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, protagonists, not heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it also has uh, Patrick Bateman from uh, American Psycho. My favorite is the very bottom, which is Jack Sparrow, which is really just runs the gambit of this list. <laughs> the thing I don't. I, again, I don't actually feel like this is a useful category. Yeah. And again, I, that might make me an absolute philistine, but here I stand. I mm -hmm. don't think anti-hero is a useful category. Mm-hmm. I think it is sort of just a way to say, like, I, I mean, again, I feel like a lot of this stuff has become very standard. Yeah. Right. Having having heroes that do unheroic things, or heroes that are complicated, or heroes that exist in a world where doing the heroic thing doesn't look very heroic. Um, like that. None of this is wild, and and part yeah. of me feels like saying anti-hero is a way to pretend it's wild when it's not. <laughs> Yeah. So I yeah. don't know. 
what one of the things i wanted to bring up here because uh we we talked about a bit back when b dave brought up deadpool about how it is comedic and whatnot mm -hmm. and i one of the things that i love that i've pointed out to people for a while is that like i uh let's take always sunny in philadelphia for instance those are terrible fucking people they are the worst but we love watching that show and rooting for them because they just get into just the more and more ridiculous situations. Same thing with Seinfeld. They are all terrible people. In fact, I, I give that show absolute props for the uh, ending of that show being everyone telling them how terrible they are. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if like the anti-hero does work better in comedy. Like Deadpool is great because it, he is an anti-hero, but like we're still laughing at it even though he's doing absolutely terrible, horrific things. I feel like that's 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 still getting into like what is an antihero because you have mm. other very successful things like the Dexter series, right? Like, yeah. The serial killer you root for feels like it probably falls into this category. I don't yeah. think yeah. those are funny. Uh, True. Maybe you have a different sense. Oh, of no, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Like this is the, this is the book on, but like it it, it is yeah. noticeable to me that like some of the some of the best and funniest stuff like is about it, just absolutely terrible. It, people. I feel like that almost feels more like when you're trying to be that sort of funny it works better when you're laughing at terrible people true you know? yeah um but i don't know because as established also a lot of, a lot of a lot of humor is exaggeration and you know it's it's easy to ex exaggerate flaws it's harder to exaggerate merit and have that also be funny <laughs> unless, you, unless you have a character well unless you have a character like a rose nylon on on golden girls and everybody else is actively okay. mocking her you know? right uh, yeah one of my mom's got a golden girls sticker book for christmas and i couldn't stop laughing at it <laughs> first of all props to both of your moms I, I i was just flipping through it the rest of the night i was like this is fantastic yep um well okay so then just kind of um piecing off of this what do y'all think about redeemed villains well you know i've got some thoughts on this <laughs> that, you know my 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 favorite archetype my favorite archetype is the the chosen one that is brought low by the best intentions again arthas manethel anakin skywalker um you know that that is like i'm trying to do the right thing in I, it has put me on this slippery slope that literally everyone around me can see, but I can't, <laughs> Yep. you know, and, and crash at the bottom. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, redemptive arcs are great when um, they're executed properly. And I also think when people love a villain enough, they, they want to see that person redeem because they want yeah. it to be okay that they love them so much, like a Sephiroth or a Magneto. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I would argue that Magneto is anti-hero and not villain, but you know, there you go. Mm -hmm. I think there's a strong argument for that. Although again, what isn't an anti-hero? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he's, he's killed a lot of people. He's willing to kill a lot more. So, well, <laughs> <laughs> the thing you said, like, I think when fans like love a, a love a villain enough, like, I I think that is why like uh, Kylo Ren had what happened to him in the that new trilogy like i don't yep. think they planned for him to like fully do a turnaround <laughs> oh, i'm here to know, tell man. you they didn't plan anything so I, yeah, yeah there's that but also they led with so much merch i remember that yeah. i was like you why are you buying your children the the like you know slayer of small ones kind of stuff i don't that's get always that. been so funny to me right? and then it was like, like actually everybody really likes finn where's the finn stuff let's get on that yeah um the redeemed villain thing. So I think this is a 
big issue because I definitely have seen authors have this experience where they write a villain and then they love the villain or mm -hmm. the fans of the villain and they go, well, what if they were just fine? And part of it is like, if they're the villain, they've done something bad, they've done mm -hmm. something yep. wrong and, and you have to account for that. When there's like a situation where you're supposed to forgive the villain for something terrible they did because they're hot, uh, you lost me. But if evil, um, why hot? <laughs> like, there's there's got to be a balance um yeah. and so i think for me a lot of the sort of redeemed villain story types that work are the ones where the villain looks around and goes oh shit i was wrong mm -hmm. right what i was trying to do was bad and i did bad things well i was like aiming at a good goal and i let a lot of bad stuff happen and so i'm going to be the one that steps in and 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 makes the sacrifice which usually means they die um, and that's the redemption that I feel like works the best Yeah, when they can look at what they've done and realize in horror what what it means and then take the steps to to rectify it, mm -hmm. regardless of what it means for them as an individual. That is a redemption I can get behind. Yeah, I feel I like a think... lot of the time it's like you just the hero weirdly forgives them. Like, not well, a lot of the time, but when it doesn't work, right? Yeah. There's also the issue of the fact that the villain is the hero of their story. Yeah. And just like it should ring hollow if the good guy just descends into evil and, like, that's just that, and that's kind of the end of the story. You know, although you can do some interesting things with that. I mean, you look in Cake Hill drama and the Tales of the Jedi and all that, they did some interesting stuff with that. But for the most part, you wouldn't want to see that, yet we expect the door to swing the other way so so freely, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, not. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, oh, no. Sorry, I was going. I was going into a different direction. You finish. I was going to say that not every villain needs to feel, um, you know, conflicted and antagonized by their choices, and the mm -hmm. best one shouldn't feel that way at all. You know, yeah. <laughs> like like they're all for what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I find the times that I'm thinking back, like when have I seen a badly redeemed villain, and it's mostly in like D and D games, where <laughs> like. The DM's kind of in love with it. And the DM's like thought up reasons why they're doing this. And it's like, well, actually, that kind of makes sense. Like, and I like playing this character. And like, what if, what if like they just they realize the error of their ways? There's a DM out there who and, has not only done that, but then proceeded to play that character in a future campaign. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the thing. And then part of that too is like it makes it very unsatisfying in a D and D game when you fight a villain and then it's like, oh no, they didn't actually get defeated, and they decided on their own to not be evil. You guys aren't really very necessary to any of this. <laughs> I, I've played my own villains before, uh, but I played but primarily uh, he did get killed by the group and was dead. And then I played in that campaign at Stream of Many Eyes where they were escaping hell and I had him in hell trying to get back out again. I did, I did <laughs> there that. There you go. That's, yeah. That's good. awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the... the uh... The redeemed villain, like the, the the one that always pops in my head, and it, it's funny. When, back when I first started writing topic ideas for this, I actually I actually wrote this down really quick as uh, the Vegeta character, and Aaron left a note that oh, uh, said, "I don't know what that means." I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys explained it to me, and I held on to it 
for like maybe a week and it's gone now. Clown Kakarot. That's actually every time you say Vegeta, I think I think every time you say Vegeta, I think you're about to say vagina every (laughs) single time. I think all of my sixth grade teachers did as well. But I couldn't stop talking about the Goku was turning Super Saiyan, and I was so excited. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like I think, like I would, I would sat here trying to think of like why did Vegeta turn, and I really came down to there was a bigger thing to punch, and so he stopped punching everyone else. <laughs> well, Vegeta's thing was always about proving that he was the strongest, yeah. and then he slipped up and fell in love. And uh, again, Goku's a terrible father, but Vegeta's a great husband and father. Like I mean, like he's. <laughs> He, he just like a lot a lot of the dragon ball z bad guys just kind of hang around and then a worse bad guy shows up and then they've all got to fight that worse bad guy together if i my, do have to admit i love that trope the worst yeah. boss like you yeah. have this villain and you're like they're bad but then you meet their boss and you're like oh i feel a little well, sorry like for like dragon mm-hmm. ball actually does this quite a bit which does crack me up like at one point like uh well so goku marries the daughter of like a big evil thing from the original series and then mm-hmm. that evil thing is his father-in-law <laughs> like they do that pretty often yep that's wild and then he's just like gotta go to dinner yeah they do episodes with that I, w- I will say your boys are of an age they probably would love dragon ball Z. especially, especially <laughs> it, 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 the, the secret is you gotta you gotta get the movies you can't watch it on tv because all the jokes about them spending six episodes yelling is very much it's true very true yeah very true <laughs> uh but if you get the movies it's sort of like squishes it down a little bit God, yeah. there was like six episodes of goku powering up to become super saiyan and they were like oh, we yeah. swear to fucking god the next episode he's turning super saiyan we promise and i remember getting yeah. home from school that day and my grandpa fumbling with the keys i'm like open the door he's turning super saiyan like, Today's the day. Yep. we didn't know he, there was like eight more stages of super saiyan that would come after that you know it was a big deal at the time though oh correct god. yep oh. uh, correct I've had enough mango margarita to tell that story on air. Um, uh, but yeah, the the redeemed villain is is one that like it has to be done so well for me because like most of the time I just roll my eyes at it. Like I I like Adam Driver, Ben Solo, cool, whatever. But when they're like, yep, he flips, I'm like, okay, I guess. Oh. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what I was hoping, honestly, what I was hoping. Go, I mean, don't get me wrong, that that new trilogy sapped a lot of my hope pretty quickly but i was hoping that kylo ren was redeemed and ray turned and they swapped right i was like i was like i know they won't have the courage to do it but i was like that would have been like the best thing ever um if they did that Mm -hmm. i agree well it's because um and it's 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 weird on the one hand happy endings are cliche they're very cliche but on the other hand the audience does really want it though they actually yeah. do you know is is i've shared with you so many times in spider-man 2 uh when they made the movie mm. and gwen stacy has to die because the death of gwen stacy is this oh, like you, yeah. you a pivotal moment for spider-man in the whole time i'm like they better kill gwen stacy they better kill gwen <laughs> stacy in, in both movies and i'm watching movies and emma stone's like they gotta kill gwen stacy and i'm like yeah and when they get to the moment that it's actually happening, I'm like, okay, he can save her. He can save her. And they were in a fucking clock tower and everything. It was just. I was like, okay, he can catch her. He can catch her. He can catch her. You know? And then doesn't. 
you know and i was, I was like, literally sitting in the theater next to my wife going god damn it god damn it god damn it, god yeah, damn yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> because because if you build it up right you still want it although the reality mm-hmm. is that we, it would have felt a little cheaper had he saved her oh, in yeah. that moment you know yeah. um i think a lot of this too also has to do with medium you know yeah, yeah. i mean in in uh, in an episode of Star Trek when they beam down and it's like four members of the bridge crew and this one guy you've never heard of before, you know who's going to die. <laughs> it's it's not about are they going to win, it's how are they going to win. You know, book yeah. two of Brimstone Angels, you're like, Havilar's probably going to be all right, you know? Probably. Uh, <laughs> and to, to before his untimely... Mm. Right. Uh, before his untimely passing, that's what brought George R. R. Martin to prominence. The fact that, you know, no one. I'm always so worried that this is someone's first episode and you say that they immediately rush to their phone and check they kn- Twitter. They know what this is. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that, that Ned Stark dies, you know, yeah. you, what? Yeah. Nobody's safe what and that was so new and fresh and cool and then he way overdid it really quickly and then it just super took all of the juice out of it it's like if i come up to you and i pull a quarter out of your ear and you're like how did he how how did he pull that fucking quarter out of my ear like I, mm-hmm. you know if, if i'm like here here's this quarter with your name on it put it on your pocket i'm not gonna touch it and then i pull it out of your ear and you're like oh, what <laughs> the 15th 20th time i've done it even if you haven't figured it out you're like again with the quarter we're doing, we're... you know what's coming out from my ear yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah we're doing the quarter again yeah so that's the issue with that yeah and and you're, you're talking about endings there and satisfying oh, 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 oh. wait a second mm-hmm. uh where 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 does lorkin fit in on this scale for you your Ooh. Your character oh. from the Brimstone Angels um, saga. You know what I mean? Like, I could see I could see an anti-hero argument. I could see a mm-hmm. redeemed villain argument. I could see a villain-villain argument. I mean, you, you I still who can't are... see him with a shirt on when I read it. <laughs> Again, an evil, my so, heart. I always call Lorcan the deuteragonist of the... What? <laughs> no, what was that? The deuteragonist. The, so there's a protagonist and then a deuteragonist, right? So that Farida is the protagonist, and the, for the for the series as a whole, Lorcan is the deuteragonist. So sorry, the, I'm from arc- Southern California. I'm just hearing dude, and it's cracking me up. Deuteragonist. <laughs> I love watching your face. Like I'm now just picturing Lorcan going. Dude. He's the second actor. Okay. Farida is the first actor. Lorcan is the second. Actor. Okay. More more um, more um than Havilar even, huh? Yeah, Havilar mm-hmm. really like um Havilar kind of moves alongside Farida for the most mm-hmm. part. Um. Like she has her own things going on, but she isn't directing the plot. Mm. Arguably, in Devil You Know, things start kind of, kind of spiking out to kind of pull everything together. So she makes some choices on her own that are fairly like big. But so she's you know she's got her own arc and everything. But it it's sort of like the the choices that Frida and Lorcan make are largely what decide the the, the course of the series. Um, and for Lorcan, for Farida, the sort of question is like, can she have this pact and not be corrupted by it? And Lorcan's is sort of, can he have this warlock and not be redeemed by it, I guess? Um, and so he he's like, I mean, spoilers for like a really old series. He's like kind of redeemed, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a half devil. And so early on, Farida realizes that means he has some semblance of a soul. And so that he actually can choose what he does. He just has been set up in a situation where he's been told, no, you can't. 
Um, and, and he, he's very like, what are you talking about? I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Um, and, and so, and through this series, he makes choices that are, you know, that he can reconcile as selfish, but that the further they go, the further they diverge from what Asmodeus would want him to do, the more that he has to kind of reckon with the fact that he can't let Farida fail, fall, right? Mm -hmm. He, he's like, he is supporting her. And sort of the end state of this is that when she finally bargains with Asmodeus, um, she says, you have to let Lorcan go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's just going to come back. And she's like, but then he'll have chosen to come back. And so then, you know, there is a way that sort of the end of Brimstone Angels is the start of Lorcan's story, theoretically, as a protagonist. And hopefully he launched into D&D games where he probably is... I, I suspect there are more than a few player characters that have opted to romance Lorcan. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm very happy for you. You don't need to tell me about it. It's kind of weird. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Um, but, you know, like, there, there's, like, that, and so it is a sort of a redeemed villain because he is absolutely antagonistic towards Frida for parts of the series. And their relationship is fundamentally an abusive one. But it is one where there are things that each of them is getting from the other. And because of that, they can't actually separate. And once they realize how to stand on their own, they can and they do. Um, So he has an arc that is more like a hero. So I guess he's an anti-hero. I guess if you think about the ways that in which he was antagonistic through the series, you could argue it's a redeemed villain arc. People who really hate Lorcan and were rooting hard for Dahl the whole series would absolutely say it's a redeemed villain (laughs) arc and probably say he didn't even really redeem himself because he's a shitlord. (laughs) That's your opinion and that's fine. Um, So, but yeah, I think he doesn't have... I I would say he he's he probably fits in that anti-hero mold which again I still don't he, understand. He very much could be redeemed villain to anti-hero. You know what I mean? Like he he didn't start, you know, selling cakes and pies. But he's also <laughs> good I will say this is a good example that when Brimstone Angels opens, he seems like he's clearly the villain. Yeah. And then you meet his sister and you realize that Lorcan is a cog in a very big machine and he's not even remotely an important one and that actually he is turns out to be the thing that's sort of standing between Frida and, you know, the machinations of the nine hells. And he can't really do as much as he's pretending he can. Mm -hmm. And he's still terrible. He still does terrible things, but it's like, ah, he's not actually the problem. It's like Zuko, Zuko and Azula. Yeah, actually, did I ever tell you? So when I, so I got, I was working on Brimstone Angels. I got laid off because I was working as an editor for Watsi, but I got laid off. And so I just let myself be depressed for a week mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't have to work on the book, but I binge watched uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh! <laughs> and and in the original draft, Lorcan didn't have a sister. And I had this dumb scene where Farida and Lorcan were alone, like Havilar uh, climbed out the window to go find uh, this boy they met and uh, <laughs> convince him to come back up to their Havilar. room and drink whiskey. Always yeah, my favorite. She, she uh she's like, no, it's fine, I'll go out the window. I'll just slide down the roof. <laughs> and and she just does it. And Frida's like, fuck, like I'm stuck in this room now. And and Lorcan like shows up when she's alone to kind of like try to like kind of goad her and get her to kind of do what he wants, right? He's do very Lorcan much stuff. in charge. 
He's yeah. And so he's like making her very uncomfortable and the scene will not fucking move because mm. she can't push back and he's only going to push so far. And I'm like, this is awful. Someone needs to show up. So who shows up, right? Does Havilar show up? I don't want Havilar to show up here. That's the wrong tone. Does Mahan show up? That's very <laughs> much the wrong tone. I'm like, actually, someone needs to show up who's going to put Lorcan on the back foot. Mm. And I'm like, oh, shit. What if he has an Azula? What if he mm. has a sister who's worse than him? <laughs> I wish so, you all 100%. could see the smile on B Dave's face. Yeah, that was that was that was a huge like moment of realization, and that <laughs> character became really critical. She is like the throughline villain. Like Gladja is definitely Gladja and Asmodeus are big players in that the the Lord of the Sixth and the King of the Hells, but but uh, Sarchi Lorcan's sister is the one who's like on the ground fucking shit up. Mm. Um, that makes me and so she happy. Does have, she has a redeemed villain arc. I just realized that. Because <laughs> she realizes in the end book, sorry if you guys are planning on reading it, in the last book, like... Just cover the, your ears for a second. The army of Gilgame uh, is attacking Jared Thymar, and he's got all these demons. Mm -hmm. And and the dragonborn are, like, not really prepared. And Cerchi is trapped in, a in a, like, a protection circle so that she can't get caught by her Irene's sisters who are going to murder her. Um, because she got possessed by it doesn't matter anyway she <laughs> she she kind of fucked around and found out um <laughs> so but then she comes back to frida the ghost that was in her jumps in havilar some fucky shit happens anyway Cersei's in a protective circle so that the devils don't find her and she's freaking out because if the city gets sacked she's going to be stuck in this fucking protective circle and she can't get out and then this, like if the whole fucking city falls down around her what is she supposed to do so the whole book for not the whole book but for the part she's here she's just trying to get people to listen to her to do something and she finally goes to frida and she says you need to get you need to like basically get lorcan to come in here you you need to break the circle so that your knees show up and then you need to get lorcan to come in here because as soon as i'm dead he's in charge of them and you need to get him to tell them to go out there and fight those demons they won't listen to me because I'm an oath breaker, but they have to listen to him and you have to do it like this. And so basically she gets killed like very gruesomely. Um, and and at, in the epilogue, she has she's an imp. She has to like go with Lorcan and be an imp and start all over. But she makes that decision mm. to not just sit in her selfishness. She's like, I'm going to help you. Yes, because also I might have a chance of surviving versus, you know, sitting here while the demons come. But she lets this very humiliating thing happen to her so that everybody else also has a chance. Also, because she doesn't want to sit in the stuck in the circle when the armies come. But yeah. mm, that's how you do redempted villain anti heroes. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're, did did Lorcan and his sister did they have uh, point of view chapters? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's the thing that I was I was wondering is because uh, Bita, if you're talking about mediums and whatnot, like. Is it easier to to read these or watch them? Because um, I mean, like you know, <laughs> we, we we talk a lot about Game of Thrones in a negative way here, but like you're often reading from people who you're like, I fucking hate you. Well, yeah, in in I'd say two different things. In in what what the the first three books that are the only three books of that series that exist. <laughs> um, you although I guess technically what I'm about to say what the spills over to the fourth book is you find out that Jamie Lannister isn't as bad as you think, and you yep. find out that Cersei Lannister is actually worse. Yeah. And uh, you you get that very clearly living inside their head. Oh, 
The, yeah. Okay, to go, go back, that, that answers for me Aaron's question from earlier. Are you ever reading someone who you were hoping to fail? And I don't know if that was George's intention, but man, every time I was reading Cersei failing, I was happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because she's the worst and everybody knows she's the worst. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, but some people like hardcore stand Cersei. I'm incredibly dubious what? of those people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all like, you're telling me more about yourself than I'll you are about Cersei. I'll stand but. Well, and then, um, but the flip side to that, though, is you look at Darth Vader, you know, that you, we, we keep, oh, we're, yeah. we're told for three movies that they're still good in him. Six movies, arguably. Uh, well, I guess four movies, because there was actively good in him in the first two. Um, <laughs> And you know, there's that moment of where he's just looking at the emperor and looks at his son and looks at the emperor and looks at his son and then just grabs him, yep. you know, and that's, that's all you need, you know, <laughs> that's all you need. You know, you yeah. were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. You know, mm. that's, God, that's a good line. Let me get, yeah, let's get <laughs> emotional line. in here about that. You know, Notably, like, Darth Vader did all... not get a walkout and try being a good dad again because yeah. he murders so many people. You can't have yep. the redemption without oh, paying yeah. the price. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, that that would, like, can you imagine if, like, Vader didn't die at the end of the movie and they're just like, all right, we, we fucking healed uh, Anakin. Like, he's, oh. he's a good guy now. Oh, they did that in the comic book. Have you never seen the white Darth Vader? Are you kidding? No, I'm dead serious. Hold on. Oh, okay, no. I know a lot about the oh. old EU. I have mm -hmm. never heard of that. I know it, when it, Luke it, it, gets it was, cloned, it becomes evil. But, like, what are you talking about? No, it's a, it was a, it was a, uh. Not not elsewhere else worlds. Um, oh, is it Infinities. a what if? It was an Infinities. Yeah, Star Wars. Oh, Infinities. Infinities. Okay, yeah. no, I need to see um, that one. The only one yeah, I got yeah. of that was the one where they kill uh, Darth Maul with Owen, and then when Darth Maul fights uh, Darth Vader, I may have had yeah. an obsession with Darth Maul. Uh <laughs> I mean, whomst among us, uh, whomst among us, right? The thing I love most about this, and I'm about to, I'm about to drop it for you guys here in the Zoom. The best thing about this though is it's Darth Vader, and it's literally just Darth Vader. But it's white, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I feel like Anakin Skywalker might have made some different design choices. I mean, if, but the, the whole, the whole, the whole thing there is Luke redeems him. They kill the Emperor, and in 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 GG. His his helmet's yeah. still so angry. Yeah, it's just Darth Vader, but he's white. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, literally white. I don't and mean literally white. Like yeah, always was. So many yeah. questions that yeah. I don't think anybody can answer. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like he makes he'd have made some different choices with the respirator, but right? you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> but... Also, I'm, I don't know. It's very reductive. Like, oh, he's he... good now. He does not wear black. Yeah. Because <laughs> let me well, tell you, how else are you supposed to know, right? Apparently, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh. Like, okay, he can't pull this off in white. <laughs> I agree. It hits different. It hits a lot different. Need Ed Momoda showed me. He was like, honey, yeah. no capes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No white armor. Yeah. And yeah, um, it's weird. Like, honestly, he looks angrier. He looks yeah. way angrier. So much it's angrier. The same thing. It's the same helmet, yeah. but it yep. just looks scarier in white. Yeah, the, ang the angles are sharper. I agree. I don't uh, need to hide in the shadows. I'll just fucking you know, kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a cautionary I, tale, I, I suppose, yeah. of why you don't you don't get to just go and be happy afterwards. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, it's yeah. not a happy outfit. I'm just like, if you yeah. wanted to show he was happy, I don't know. Put him in a nice paisley or something. Yeah. Put, put a smiley face on him. <laughs> 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 yeah. Maybe there's exactly. only one. It's Maybe Buddy there's Vader. Like, in the, in they the just 
turned the they just turned the little br- respirator upside down. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, Aaron, what were you saying? I was gonna say maybe there's only one company that manufactures respirators for burn victims in all of the galaxy, and that's it. They're that's the model. Like, well, that's what you get. You know, they health kinda... insurance is even worse. <laughs> Under Palpatine, assured. Well, I mean, they don't have ultrasounds, as we found out. You know, um, but uh, yeah, uh, they did also uh, massively hamper Imperial infrastructure by that point. So uh, it also killed all the Ewoks in that explosion. So <laughs> uh, probably might be hard yeah. to come by. Uh, yeah. So 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 we're getting towards the end of the episode and. and I don't think we talked about this because we did an episode about villains. I do remember that. Um, spoilers, listeners. Most of the time when we end a show, I completely forget everything that we talked about. Um, but w- when you're going to write a villain's point of view, how do you do that without people just immediately stop reading? Like They're like, I don't want to read this. Well, I'd say two things. One, I need to correct myself because this is the internet. In this uh, Star Wars Infinities, they redeem him before they fight the Emperor. So, you know, just because somebody out there is yelling at the screen right there. (laughs) Um, The the second thing is, like I was saying, the the villain is the hero of their story, right? So it's like, take someone, um, take someone from, from real, real life that exists vlad the impaler right if mm. you ever learn vlad dracul's story it is mm-hmm. fucking fascinating uh he and his and his brother were basically kidnapped as wards uh, of the ottomans and essentially raised uh as ottomans uh we have force converted to to islam you know and we're, we're mm-hmm. going to basically be these glorious leaders that we're going to go back um and take over their kingdom which was actually romania dracula is attached to transylvania but this is romania yeah. um and vlad is always like i will use your tactics against you i will destroy you it's like the northman you know like i yeah. will i will avenge you father <laughs> i will save your mother i will kill you feel near but his brother becomes a true believer it works on his brother because his brother's younger and completely like is retaken by this mold so when vlad does go back and he does ascend to the throne he knows the overwhelming might of the ottoman empire but he also knows all of their vulnerabilities and he becomes basically the first terrorist guerrilla warrior in history and the shit he does is horrifying but he's like but if they march in here they will Mm -hmm. kill us all and they will kill us all tonight and when you when you see it from his point of view you're like ah ah <laughs> and that's how you write the villain. That it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm about to do some despicable shit, but here's why. And you, yeah. you may or may not agree with it. I, um, but yeah. I've definitely read some villain chapters where it's just like, I'm. This chapter only exists to show you how evil I am. That. Yeah. This is the thing. I feel like if you have a villain point of view, it's because you want that perspective, and therefore, if you and and I will say again, like if you have a point of view, you should be planning a character arc for that point yeah. of view. If you are simply adding the villain point of view so that we can all see them being evil, you don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. Some, evil. I mean, it's like, you know, to 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 use a movie example, right? There's a big deal about the fact that you never see the shark in Jaws, <laughs> right? Yep. And in a similar way, like if your villain is just irredeemable, they're scarier if I don't actually yeah. see inside their head. Um, because probably you're not gonna sell irredeemably evil in a way that doesn't feel kind of flat and comic yeah show me inside their head but if it's just like here is my flat affect serial killer self and now i'm gonna cut your finger off 
yeah. uh, then I don't know what the fuck they're going to do, right? They're scary. So if it's just to like be like, oh, look, they're, they like to eat puppies and kick babies. Like, <laughs> look how happy he is kicking this baby. Uh, yeah. You're not actually getting that much out of that point of view. Yeah. Yep. The the um the weird one uh for me and I, I don't know why this one always pops into my head like the nineteen eighty nine Batman Tim Burton mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we've we get plenty of scenes that are points of view from uh, Jack who the the Joker and mm-hmm. they most of them are really interesting but then there's this one scene that's really freaking weird that's only there to be like. And out of nowhere, Jack Nicholson's Joker has an obsession with uh, uh, Vicky Vale. And, but it almost felt more like this is just to show how insane Joker is. And it it, it, like, they could have done it in a much, and I think he's already seen Vicky Vale too. So it's just, it's just a weird, another one that was like, he's Joker and he's crazy. And don't get me wrong. I will take as much Jack Nicholson Joker as I can get. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was one of the reasons why I didn't particularly care for the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Oh God. I, mm, uh... they, they go through this whole time, like showing you essentially his descent into what he became and the, you know, the system failed and people were mean to him. And I'm like, okay. But then he just starts killing people, and yeah. the movie never really says, yeah, but that's wrong, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. the movie never says that. The movie's just like, mm, are you picked on for being different? Have you considered a revolver? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know that that's what you need to put out into the, like, at no point there there's... I don't need his redemption. He's the Joker. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not sorry. Yeah. But I need the world... To push yeah. back. Batman's not there to push back. Something has to push back. Yeah. And it doesn't. <laughs> and now they're like, we're doing the sequel and it's a musical. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, no, oh, it's yeah. a sequel. It's going to take place in Arkham Asylum and Margot, uh, not Margot Robbie. Uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is playing Harley Quinn. Yeah. And I'm it's here gonna... for that part. But... That, yeah. I know. That I know. That's the thing that I went I, and was like, but I don't like... I want to see that. But I don't yeah. want to see more of Joaquin Phoenix's fucking Joker. Yeah, and and I mean again, he he did fine, but it's like there was it's like there was there was no there there. There's the inciting mm-hmm. incident, you know what I mean? And then you're like, and he's in the hospital and apparently kills his therapist and roll credits. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's his movie. I expect him to escape it. I expect him yeah. to become the Joker, but something else out there needs to push back um yeah yeah, yeah it, that's that and that's that's interesting too i i haven't seen it it's not a movie i have any interest in watching i'll be perfectly honest mm. you guys haven't changed my mind yeah spoiler alert he becomes the joker <gasps> right and like that's that's kind of the the thing it feels like 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 if you have a a, a villain protagonist right mm-hmm. we sort of want to root for them to be terrible right Um, We want to root for their downfall a little bit because that's the point of this story, right? We're watching the descent of someone. But then I feel like you have to make it, yeah, like we're saying, like you have to make that descent clear. You have Mm -hmm. to make it um, sort of plausible and you have to show us how it's bad. And if you're like, basically some people are mean to him. Okay, welcome to the club. And then, then he murders people. Like, what was the, where's the, where's the flip, right? Where's the thing that tips? And if you're, especially if you're putting that character in a, in a state where they're very much the victim of circumstances, like, oh, well, people just hadn't been mean to him. He might not have been the Joker. 
have you thought about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Because again, like this isn't, I I haven't seen it, but I had seen people talk about it and it is a sense of kind of like. You sort of got the gist of it right there. And I mean, you kind of I mean, got it. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that there's a lot of people who are bullied worse than the Joker in this movie and don't descend into murder sprees and becoming the clown prince of crime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm. I'm Just a couple. I, I was I sure hope so. I mean, I was even fine with him being, you know, portrayed in a sympathetic light. I was fine with all yeah. of that. I get it. But like I said, nobody anywhere at any time is like, this isn't all right, though, man. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, I will say probably the one villain that I think is fairly unrepentant that I did deeply love and was absolutely pulling for is Hannibal and the Hannibal TV show. Oh, yeah. Mads Mickelson's Hannibal. But is let's like, be honest, it's because it was Mads Mickelson. Oh, it goes <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh man, yeah. Jesus, yeah. the vapors. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you're watching the evolution of his relationship yeah. with Will, and but but even then, they make Hannibal empathetic in a. Is he truly a psychopath? Is he truly a sociopath? Is he capable of meaningful human emotions? Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and I I feel like. It, I actually think the reason why that works so well is at no point is the show trying to make Hannibal empathetic. Yeah. They're not yeah. trying. Yeah. Hannibal's just doing Hannibal stuff. Yeah. He's like, I'm cooking people, kill some <laughs> dudes. You know, I'm still a therapist. That's cool. Hey, Will Graham. What's up, bro? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> no. And he's just doing his thing. And then you're like, and you're, and you're wondering how are these celestial bodies going to collide? You know, how is this going to go wrong? Because it's going to go wrong. It can't stay like this, you know? Um, And that worked. Mm -hmm. But uh, the fact that it was Mads Mikkelsen and he just is, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's interesting. Because it sounds like in in Hannibal, it sounds like they crafted the character and they made the character sort of well-rounded. And then, you know, the way that he sort of, carves his path and interacts with people is making you kind of root for him instead of what feels like with the joker it was more of a like if like again it's just the way people talk about it so i'm not sure but it feels like it's more of a here's why you should feel sorry for him yes as it's opposed a thousand to, percent that, yeah 40 percent right? that, 40, there, there, that yeah. I, i'm not gonna say what it is because people may not have seen it uh, you know i'm not gonna spoil shit for you even don't like the movie there is a weird twist in this movie to try and make it even more so and it's weird <laughs> is it, are you talking about the girlfriend no 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 that the other one the, uh, the, the mis- one that's it to me here i don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm curious right. now yeah. also, I mean, this. i'm gonna watch a movie spoiler and i will read about it well no it's, it's one of those that i mean i think especially now that i think your expectations are managed it's worthwhile i mean it it, it deserved uh oh yeah fuck that <laughs> right oh what? i forgot forgotten that i forgot what wait I'm not like, wasting my time. Yeah, watching don't waste your yeah, 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 yeah. My life is too short. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, 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 we'll talk Okay. About... Yes. Yeah, sorry. We're... I know this is not very interesting yeah. listening of us just like frantically typing back and forth. I was gonna say, um, <laughs> it, it, especially now, now that I think your 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 expectations are managed. It is. Um. I mean, it is a a well crafted film. I mean, it's probably worth watching for the cinematography and you know the 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 descent of someone into madness. I suppose. Yeah. You know, I will keep but, it on the list for when I need that. 
Uh, yeah, uh, but, but however, the mm-hmm. Hannibal TV show. Yeah, I have accidentally yeah. watched a few minutes of that and scared the shit out of myself. Uh, so... I was surprised with what they got away with on network TV. I I'll be can't honest. believe yeah. what they got away yeah. with on network Just TV. Just the first episode in general. I was like, holy well, shit. Well, the weird thing about the show, too, is it changes radically. The first season is a straight up crime procedural episodic. Yeah. It's CSI Hannibal. Yeah. They're just like solving crimes and they just check in with Hannibal because there's like, here's somebody doing weird shit. What do you think, Hannibal? And, then, and that's season one. And then by season two, there Will Graham is starting to catch on to Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more of a contiguous narrative about the two of them and you know what what what's about to happen. But then the third season is the Red Dragon, straight up. Oh tra- shit, really? Oh yeah, man. Third season's Red Dragon. Oh, and, and not fuck. and not only is it Red Dragon, it's the dude who played uh, Thorin Oakenshield. Um, <gasps> Richard uh, Armitage. Richard Armitage is the Red Dragon. Yeah, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end. And then it it ends. Uh, you should see. You should. Trevor's, Trevor's got the papers. I love uh, yeah, it. Yeah, no, I do. Because yeah. like, here's the thing. Like, I started watching that show, but I'm like, this is really gory for me. That right there, because I actually did really enjoy Red Dragon. That right there made got me to watch mm-hmm. the whole show. It's oh, it's beautiful Whew. and. Um, it it ends it ends on such a way that you could tell they really hope they got to do more, but maybe we won't type thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's sort of like a the door is yeah. closed but it's cracked type thing. Uh, is is how it ends? Any, anytime uh, you guys want some more, any, anytime. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, uh, be, yeah. Be, if we could interest you in some more, Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're actually we're we actually gotten to the end of the episode. We we, we, we appreciate. It. We're like we can't talk about this for an hour. Anyway. Granted, we talked about a lot of different we stuff did. for an hour. We, we talked about a lot of this stuff, but yeah. yeah. But I wanted to end this off on uh, on a happy thing because you know we we uh, we talked about villains and anti heroes and all that stuff for for an hour. Uh, Lexibat uh, wrote in again uh, and said, "Hey folks, I hope you're all doing well. I just felt the urge to let you know uh, I'm of, I'm an officially published journalist now." Hey, uh, congratulations! They, uh, yeah, they they sent uh, a link. I'm gonna send it here in our little chat there. Um, and uh, and yeah, they, they said, I uh, just wanted to, to let you know, here's the link. Uh, take care and thank you for helping me uh, rediscover my love of writing. Uh, Hooray. I, love this. I still love it. The resident trans Dorino. <laughs> 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 Absolutely fantastic. Congratulations, Lexi. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. Also, uh, they uh, they tweeted us this morning, and I tried to respond. And even though Twitter was like, only people mentioned in this tweet can respond, I'm like, I'm one of those people. It wouldn't let me do it. Uh- <laughs> Weird. I mean, Weird, Twitter. but a little bit par for the course, thanks, Des. That's Twitter, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So uh, congratulations, Lexi. Thank you for uh, writing and letting us know. Uh, but I think that is a good place to wrap things up. Friends, where can people find you? What awesome things you're working on? No, well, you can still find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. You can join me on Mondays at 1.30 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash dungeon scrawlers for concentration check. Cool writing space. Come do some Pomodoro sprints with me. Uh, and my <laughs> new book, Empire of Exiles, is still out and available in bookstores. Yeah. Yes. Uh, buy it. Buy it for all your friends. Buy buy copies for you and everyone you know. Um, do a little Ford out of it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I will say... Um, Oh, yep, there's uh, there's Lexi's link. Yay, hooray. <laughs> um, and, uh, 
I said what I had to say on Twitter. So there you go. Um, like <laughs> Lexi was like, I'd be offended by by her ADHD shenanigans, and I was like, I'm not offended. Your brain's gonna brain. You know? like, <laughs> we are what we are. <laughs> um, so for those of you out there listening, you know, when it seems like I'm giving people a hard time for pantsing or not paying attention or any of that, I'm talking about the things you can control. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not the stuff that's out of your hands. Uh, I too am. Um, Still on on Twitter until the server shut down. Although that stuff's getting wobbly, man. You know, so, when weird bugs are are, are building up, yeah, by the day. I, I read recently that eighty uh, percent of their staff is gone, and yep. they're down yep. to less than five hundred engineers, which apparently is very very small for a code oh base God, the yes. size of Twitter's. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Uh, you can follow me uh, everywhere on the Tweetograms at B. Dave Walters. I uh, hope to have some good news to report soon. Every time I'm like, I'm going to be able to tell my good news next week. Not yet, though. Maybe next week, though. Uh, yeah. Tune and, in, uh, find out. Wh- yeah, whatever you're doing, uh, just keep at it. Keep swinging. Is that, uh, is that Don't stop. Don't give up. Available? Oh, yes. 14-day writer, also available. Uh, getting wonderful feedback on it. Again, uh, I will shave five years off your journey into becoming a pro. And it's linked, uh, I believe, in the description of this episode. Um, and also at the top of my Twitter, um, which is at Walters. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there and see all of the not as many podcasts as I used to be doing. But I'm happy <laughs> with the ones that I am. Uh, not saying I'm not happy with the ones I did. Don't take that. Don't, don't you don't put those words in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice. Tell your friends about the show. In fact, I didn't call it out, but I did see that someone left a review uh, uh, recently on iTunes. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're the best. Uh, if you want to be the best, you can also leave a written five star review on there. Uh, and if you'd like to send in any questions, topics, suggestions, or anything like that, you can send them in to writing about dragons and shit at gmail.com and if you'd like to keep up to date on the show you can follow us on twitter at about dragons but until next week congratulations lexi and go write about some dragons and shit <laughs>